The information presented in this program is not intended as legal, health, or nutritional advice. All topics are provided for informational purposes only and are not necessarily endorsed. Neither Light On nor its host accepts responsibility for any statements, views, or opinions presented in this episode. All rights reserved. It feels like all our heroes are counting. We all know why. Because it's painful not to pretend. The world itself is just one big hoax. Today I'm talking to Dr. Courtney Brown from the Farsight Institute. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you because, okay, I spent most of my life believing that there may be alien life. Uh, And then I sort of changed my mind and got a little more skeptical. And now I'm kind of like, you know, I've been studying uh, near-death experiences and and a lot of that sort of thing. And so there's a lot of that that's that's been coming up. And so I I am still skeptical, (laughs) but uh, I I can't deny that certain things are happening. So uh, I found your uh, information pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, so for, first of all, you're, you're an expert in like remote viewing. Is that correct? Yeah. So I am the director of Farsight and, yes. um, Farsight has two components to it. So the first is a nonprofit and, uh, that's a research and educational institute. And the other is a for-profit movie company. So we make movies about extraterrestrial life and, and, uh, remote viewing <clears throat> now, it's okay to be a skeptic. In fact, it's really great if you're a skeptic because then that puts you in the driver's seat with regard to 99% of everybody else that's on the planet. So if, if, I'm, if I'm talking to you and you're already converted and you already believe that there's extraterrestrials and that life after death and the whole thing like that, then um, you're out of sync with 99% of everybody else on the planet. So if I am here to convince you then if you can be convinced, then everybody else can be convinced. So, so that's, <laughs> I mean, you better. don't have too far of a way to go. I definitely believe, you know, what people are saying as far as what they're experiencing with near death experiences. And st- I mean, I believe that they're going into, you know, the afterlife realm and all that. Um, uh, and I believe that they're seeing these things. I just don't know the cause, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's something else to it, maybe, you know, mm. I can answer these definitively. And with regard to the issue of uh, resolving this so that you're no longer in doubt, at the end of this podcast, I can have it to the point to where it's I've proved it to. Now, at, so, I'm a professor also. Yes, so what's the, your background? The, well, I'm, I'm a professor at a major university, but I don't do the remote viewing research at the university. I do that independently at Farsight. However, I nonetheless, uh, I teach math and, and social science courses and I teach normally statistics and nonlinear modeling and things like that. But I take the word proof very seriously as a mathematician. So I don't just say prove and then just say something like, oh, I saw it or something like that. So when I say the word proof and I can prove to you that extraterrestrials exist and that they are here and that there's that, you know, the whole life after death thing. When I say proof, I mean, seriously, proof. And I can give you the evidence right now that you can put on the podcast that will prove it. Excellent. So Farsight, we do two things. We do remote viewing, which is projects where we use the mental perceptions that were developed by the United States military 
and used for espionage purposes, but we use it, we're civilian, and we use it for scientific exploration, for scientific experiments and for exploration. We have the highest trained remote viewers on the planet anywhere. They use uh, uh, methods that were derived from the original military methods, but are much more advanced. And um, they are all professional. This is what they do for a living. They do this full time. <clears throat> so this isn't someone who just does it at a hobby. And they are literally the best of the best anywhere. We are also the only public venue where you have full public projects of remote viewing. Now, <clears throat> that's a serious statement. That means that we are the only place where we have full public projects of remote viewing. So mm -hmm. there's a few thousand people that say they do remote viewing and that's great. And they are, I'm sure they're having a great time in doing it, but in terms of formal public projects, we're it, we're the only ones. And we have fully professional staff and the whole thing. Now, remote viewing is a mental procedure or the mind perceives things across time and space, which is impossible from the laws of physics as it is currently defined with mainstream physics. So what we're talking about is a modernization of physics, and we're talking about essentially the stuff that we see with remote viewing actually does happen and is compatible with quantum mechanics. So we're talking about a generalization of quantum mechanics, which means a real change in the way physics operates, because physics currently has two realms. They have the quantum realm, and then they have a line that they call the line of decoherence. And then after that, they have the macro realm, where you and I are, and they have different rules. And it's like what's in what's what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You know, they say they don't they don't mix, <clears throat> but we're all made up of quantum stuff, so it's impossible for them not to mix. So the whole idea that they can't mix is just stupid. So there have been some physicists that have challenged that. Started with Hugh Everett in the 1950s. He got his PhD under John Wheeler and and uh, Princeton. And they, he was widely ridiculed and laughed at in physics. And um, about 20, 25% of physicists mainstream now have adopted his way of thinking. It took a whole generation of, yeah, we were, we're basically waiting for the older physicists to retire and die off. <laughs> the, the younger physicists have basically accepted that understanding of a generalization of quantum mechanics. <clears throat> so on that level, we're doing something that's perceptual. And we have on our, on our institute's website, which is uh, farsight.org, F-A-R-S-I-G-H-T.org, um, uh, links to the, all of our public, all of our projects. And we have over 50 major, over 50 major public projects uh, dealing with extraterrestrial, life after death, um, uh, the human condition, uh, UFOs, the whole the whole works, and we have a bunch of projects that are also more political. So and and some of them are some of them are free, but uh, the the large majority of them are on our streaming service, which is farsightprime.com. And that Farsight Prime, F-A-R-S-I-G-H-D, and then the word Prime, those spaces.com. That's a streaming service that's equivalent to Hulu, Netflix, Paramount Plus, uh, HBO Max. I mean, the whole works. It's, come, it's hosted by Vimeo. It's the best of the best. So that's where our streaming service is. So what we have, <clears throat> what we have now is a situation where we have these enormous numbers of projects and we have focused on a couple decades of developing projects that sort of rewrite the entire history of humanity. What you get in schools is just not correct. 
even going back to the building of the pyramids, yeah, the building sure. of the pyramids, it can't be have done. It could not have been done by human slaves and camels. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So <clears throat> the building, those, those blocks, some of those blocks are 80 tons big, and they're cut with such precision that you can't even stick a hair between them. I mean, they're perfect, and they, take, they got them from quarries far away and getting them there. I mean, it's, they don't know how to move those blocks today. They, right. don't know how to, they don't know how to build the Great Pyramid today. So, and there are other megalith megalithic structures that are even bigger than that, where they have huge blocks. And, and no one has explained how that was actually done. The remote viewing stuff clearly matches what we see on the ground with archaeological studies. And we have a whole bunch of archaeological studies as well. So again, farsight.org is where you can see a link to everything. But the, 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 main, the, uh, the big content for all of our stuff is on Farsight Prime. And um, <clears throat> we used to use YouTube for everything, but YouTube is great. We're YouTube partners. We really appreciate YouTube. But in today's day and age, with the disclosure coming faster and faster, we just have to have our own streaming service for security purposes because, you know, YouTube channels get canceled, videos yeah, get pulled. And them. Right. You just, so well, we have our own streaming service that's literally on the par of Disney and every, everybody else. So, so that's just on remote viewing. But to accept our results, you have to, we have extraterrestrial explanations for, for zillions of things including the building of the Great Pyramids, and we explain exactly how they did it. But you have to buy into the remote viewing if you don't buy into the extraterrestrials. So you don't have, like, if you don't believe that the extraterrestrials are exist, then how can you believe anything of the remote viewing? And then you can ask, well, what about life after death? Well, clearly remote viewing perceives across time and space, so you're more than your physical body. So the reality is, if you have to go into the remote viewing in order to accept everything else, then you can say, well, I'm going to remain skeptical because I just don't know about the whole thing. But if I can prove to you that the extraterrestrials are real and that there's a huge cover-up to keep that, and I can explain why the cover-up is, is there to keep everything secret, to keep you in the dark so that you don't know about the extraterrestrials, that you don't know about life after death, that you don't know about who you really are, that this physical body is just a, just a biological um, machine, has nothing to do with who you really are. If I, if, if, if I can prove to you that, then you're willing then to say, okay, then let me see everything else. So 
We have a second thing that, we're, that we've done, and we started it in January of this year. So this podcast is a good time for it. And that is the final stage, now that we've got a whole rewritten history of humanity, and now we have the final stage of proving that the extraterrestrials are real. Now, to do this, we had to wait till now because the cameras that are necessary to use to prove this were not available till last year, 2022. They just became available. So we had we spent our first couple of decades building up our remote viewing library, waiting for the cameras to come about. Mm -hmm. And now that the cameras are here, we use Panasonic Lumix GH6. And those just came out last year. And what those are, they allow us to take video recordings at 120 frames per second. And they allow us to shoot in infrared and uh, and, and high def, or not high def, not high def, uh, 4K, which is much bigger. Now you need 4K because when you shoot extraterrestrials, the UFOs and things like that, they're sometimes far away and you want to be able to zoom in, but you can't zoom in and post. You can't zoom in with the camera. You've got to zoom in and post. So you have to shoot them in 4K to allow you to zoom in while you're editing the machine and see what editing the footage to see what the thing really is. So, so what we do is we can shoot now in 4K, infrared, and at 120 frames a second. Why was this necessary? The first of all, the the crafts, the ET ships, fly so fast you can't really capture them easily at 30 frames a second. You'll see a dot on your screen, on your frame, and then it's gone. We we now know that they fly at speeds of over 20,000 miles an hour. You just can't capture them with 30 frames a second very easily. You see one dot, two dots, and it's gone. Mm-hmm. So if you do 60 frames a second, it's a little better. 122 frames a se- 120 frames a second, you see them clearly moving across the sky. And then it had to be infrared because they almost all, not all, but almost all, like 98%, use cloaking technology to keep themselves hidden. They don't want you to see them. So you have to be able to take your GH6 and ship it off to get it converted to a full spectrum camera. That means they do something to the sensor and then you ship it back and then you have to use special filters on top of the lens that gives you the infrared. So you have to be able to shoot in infrared, 4K, 120 frames a second. And then you have to be able to use really good computer equipment (laughs) to Mm -hmm. edit the footage. Because if you just play the footage back, you're not going to see them either. You're going to just see what something happened on the screen. What was that? Uh, Just like maybe it was some dust that just a second. You you can it's only it only has to be a quarter of a second. So you just don't even think of it. Well, is it possible, it. though, for some people to capture on like a regular camera? Because there are a lot of videos where people say they say they capture things. I, I've been a professional photographer for most of my life, just in my spare time. And I've captured some pretty strange things, though. I don't haven't really thought too seriously about them because I didn't know what they were. But yeah, is it possible? Yes, those are rare. But yes, it, it can be done. Sometimes a, a UFO is, a, is visible in visible light, and sometimes they travel slow. But what I'm going to tell you is you're missing 99 and 9 tenths of all the activity that's going on over your head. Mm-hmm. What I'm telling you 
is you said, oh, I was in this place 1996. There I was, or 2010. And I saw, I took a picture and I think I got something cool. That's what people have been dealing with until now. Now it's the whole, it's a game changer because now what we have found out once we started doing this full, you know, for, for real, you take your camera out, shoot at 120 frames a second, infrared, 4K. You aim it at the sky, you shoot for 10 minutes. It doesn't matter what 10 minutes. You pick the 10 minutes, just as long as it's in the, in the middle of the day, there's lots of light. Mm -hmm. Go back in, put it in your computer, and open it up using knowing you have to know how to edit it with Adobe Premiere or um, you know some editing program that you know. And you have to be able to edit it and you don't have to process it. And what you will see in any, what we see in any 10 minute video, no matter where we are, anywhere, typically 10 minute video, as you get 50 UFOs buzzing over the head, meaning at any moment that you're there, there's like 20 things above your head. And some of them are huge and some of them are small. And then when you look at all the footage, the first 10 minute video that I took in my, on my deck in my house this year, I, I was expecting to occasionally get something, but I was not expecting the enormous quantity of these cloaked ships. I'm talking enormous quantity. And you just put the camera there and you show it and so on like that. Now we're doing zoom right now. So, um, do you have the ability to share? I don't need, you don't need to have me share the screen. Do you have an ability to share your screen? Yes. And yours is as well. It's okay. Can you go to my Instagram page? I'm going to give you some place where you can see some of the footage that we got on our first 10 minute venture <laughs> to record these things. So you get the idea. Open as you're on a computer, just open up and can you, can you log into Instagram on your computer? Uh, I think so. I can try. Share it, and then people can see what you look. Oh, good! You, you get the whole you get the whole Instagram page up. Click on yeah. the first, and we'll look at we'll look at a few of these. Uh, everything I'm showing you right now is was done in the first ten minutes we put our camera up, and it's a small fraction of what we caught on film. And you see the thing that came out at the top and goes down, and then it burrows into the near the trees. Yeah, that, that was oh that was not caught in the first ten minutes. That was caught directly overhead the Pensacola Naval Air Station. Right mm -hmm. over the Navy base during the Blue Angels. See it? Do you see it flying? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now let's go to the next one. <laughs> okay. Now, th now this one was done. The next one was. Let's go to the next one. These. This was actually a cloaked ship because we use remote viewing to convert. You see the the the, the rays. Yeah. On the top, you'll see more, and then you're going to see a ship that's going to flash across the screen in a second. Um, but then you'll see more rays. Those are actually energy manifestations, and there's a very large ship behind that. What, what, the, what we had to figure out was, what were those things? We got the man, energy manifestations, so we had to have remote viewers that always do their work under totally blind conditions using these procedures. And um, that's where we found out what was behind that. And they all described, meaning they didn't know anything about the target or what anything, they didn't know the project, they didn't know anything. And they all said, they all described the same energy manifestations and it was a cloaking thing and they, there was a big ship inside. That was a huge ship and it was right over yeah. my house. Now let's go to the next one. Okay. Now here what we have is, a, now look carefully what it is. This is a craft. 
it has something that's in the front, like a tail that's in the front, and then it's rotating. So now you see the part that looks like a tail, it goes towards the back. It will go towards the back. Oh, see yeah. now it's towards the back? Yeah. Now that was right over my house. Now you can clearly mm -hmm. see the shape and the configuration of the thing. And that thing's going 20,000 miles, 20,000 plus miles an hour. What's the deal with the tail going back? Like what? Going for it's not actually a tail. What it okay. is, it's it's part of the th of the ship that's that's there, and the ship is is like rotating like a disc. Okay. And so sometimes okay. that part. Okay, now let's go to the next one. Okay. These are all shot on January tenth. No, no, no. The third one. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. You're that right. was the third okay. one. Yeah. Now look at this one. This one is like a, a flipping, flip flopping UFO. It's actually two parts. They're two discs, and they're closely circling each other. This was right over my house. This is the first, this is, you see how they separated? Mm -hmm. Now, when we zoom in and we've zoomed in, you're seeing a zoom in, there's no wings. There's no, there's no, there's not a bug. And it was also done in January, January 10th. It's a flipping UFO. It must be this type of, and by the way, this is dramatically slowed down. Mm -hmm. um, so we had to figure out what that was. So, but uh, it's 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 clearly there, and we we have all of we have a special show called Identified Flying Objects at FarsightPrime.com, where we have a uh, air traffic control specialist who's got decades of experience in control towers. He's a very um, you know well placed in the uh, air aviation community. Now let's go to the next one. He analyzes these things for us. So, no, no, not the cigar one, but the next one. The very this yeah one? that one. Okay. Now watch this one. Just take a look at this whole thing. You see this? You see the ship come out? Yeah. Now watch. It's going to pass an airliner. You see the airliner? Oh, the wow, airliner yeah. looks like it's going. We had to really slow this down so you could see it. The airliner is, looks like it's stable, like it's stationary. It's not. It's going 700 miles an hour. But that UFO is going 20,000 miles an hour. Now watch. You'll see it again. It, it was buzzing over my head. And none of this was visible in visible light. This is only visible with ultraviolet. I mean, sorry, infrared. Now look at this thing. Okay, so now, now you can st you can stop using Instagram now. Okay. But that's a that's a Courtney Brown Farsight, and you can stop sharing the screen. But I think your 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 listeners and watchers are able now to. Um, uh, sort of see now so right. now patrick this is important i cannot persuade you by showing you a, a, a video or a picture of a ufo because right. you can always say oh this is photoshop you're using you know after effects or what yeah you're using some type of editing software so we're not trying to convince you that our images are real what we're trying to do is show you what we've done and then to teach you how to do your own pictures. Because no matter what we show you, you're going to get a debunker coming in and saying, oh, it was a bug. It was swamp gas. It was right. this. It was that. Oh, you're crazy to think of this. So no matter what we show you, they're going to get someone that will dismiss it and ridicule you and things like that. So what we're trying to do is say, let us show you how to do it. You don't have to believe us. Just let us show you how it's done. So um, uh, actually, there's one more thing. Can you go back onto the web, share your screen, and go uh, to our nonprofit's website, farsight.org. 
farsight.org. Okay. Second. Share screen. Okay. Okay. Now look at the menu at the top. Look at the fourth the fourth thing at the very top. Recording UAPs, UFOs. Okay. Click on that. Yep. That is a written description of what to do, what cameras we use, what lens we use. You have to get the camera converted to a full spectrum. We use Life Pixel. They do it exactly the way we want it done. They every camera, every camera has a ultraviolet has a, I'm sorry, an infrared filter on top of the sensor so that you screen out all infrared. And that's the sensor inside the camera. So that has to be removed. And LifePixel doesn't put anything in its place. They just take that sensor off and ship you back the camera. Then you have what's called a full spectrum. It can see ultraviolet as well as infrared. Then you have to put a filter on top of the lens to filter out um, so everything else so you get just IR. And you can tune in the IR depending on what bandwidth you use. So we typically use uh, 590 nanometers and sometimes we go yeah, seven, seven, I mean 830 nanometers, but it's the filter that you put on top of the lens. So since the, since the sensor doesn't have a filter on it anymore, you have to put a filter on the lens to get the, the exact frequency that you want in the infrared. And then, and then I even have the instructions here of how to actually uh, edit the stuff. So mm -hmm. <laughs> this is, we show you how to do it. So Patrick, I don't want you to believe me. I just want to show you how it's done. And then you take the footage and believe it yourself. You can have somebody dismiss everybody else's footage, but they're not going to dismiss your footage that you took with your own camera. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be lucky. Any time of the day, they are so overwhelmingly present, you can capture them. They're there all the time, which raises the interesting question is, why are they hiding themselves? That, 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 and that leads into a rabbit hole that once you go down, it's incredibly big and complicated. But the, but the bottom line is that extraterrestrials that are not friendly, there are friendly extraterrestrials. I, in, I in fact, work with the friendly group. But, but by and large, the dominant share of all the extraterrestrials that you see around the planet, the ones that you're video recording right above your house mm -hmm. or wherever you happen to be, they're generally speaking not friendly. And they have agreements with the government to allow them to operate. And they, and they have agreements with the government that specifically state that the government must keep this information hidden. They don't want people to know that they're doing it. That the that the extraterrestrials are here now. The good ETs, the ones that I work with, they want the opposite. They want disclosure to happen. The trouble is that good ETs are militarily dominant in the solar system, but on planet Earth, this is a planet that's controlled by the authoritarian ETs, and they're the ones. So the, you know the, the 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 good ETs can't can't just come in here and invade. It would be a war. So what they're trying to inspire is a disclosure from a revolution from above. I mean, sorry, from below, where the masses rise up and they, they get the information. And then you can confront the issue of the, uh, of the bad ETs, the authoritarian ETs, and then all of, the, all of the truth can come out. But none of this was possible until the cameras were available that could do this. Now, if you're a professional photographer, 
you can have your camera converted to a full spectrum, but then in order to get your camera back to the way it was normal, so you can take normal photography, mm -hmm. there is a special filter that you put on top of the lens that gets it back to being normal because the filter won't be on the, on the sensor anymore. So you have to then put a filter on top of the outside. Here, I have a camera here that, this is a Panasonic GH5, which we don't use because it goes only up to 60 frames a second, which is fine, it works, but okay. I have a filter here, this has been converted. So it's a full spectrum camera, but look at the, look at the filter that's on it. See how it's sort of bluish? Yeah. Well, that filter is instead of the filter that normally gets in, on top of the sensor. So I'm gonna take this off so you can see what happens. Now, if you look here at the camera, you'll see the sensor. But if you look at the sensor of your camera, it'll look like it has a color to it, like a sheen, like a green. Mine is reddish, maybe. Not yeah, sure. it, can, it can have all types of different colors, but mm -hmm. it doesn't look like this. You're mm -hmm. looking at the pedal on the metal. You're looking on metal here. <laughs> yeah. So this is, there's nothing covering that sensor. That sensor is okay. naked. Right. And that and that makes it a full spectrum. It can pick up, if I'm looking at it now, it looks like a mirror. Uh, it can pick up anything that the electronics can get, can pick up. Okay. So which can, means, can I give you some, before we continue, can I give you some yeah. um, devil's advocate here? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay, so let's say this is all true. We can capture these things in the sky. How do we know, because people will say this, how do we know? what or who is piloting them? How do we know it's extraterrestrials piloting them and not the military that have constructed these crafts for however many years? And, you know, and I think like there's a lot, a large part of my audience and probably including myself who knows that uh, the, the military and the people in charge have been planning to do a fake invasion for some time. We all know about Project Blue Beam and all that. So, how do we how do we prove to to those people that uh, that it's not just you know a government government entities up there? Some of them are going to be governmental stuff. However, the way to prove that it's not all governmental stuff is quantity. You've seen all the military jets that exist; they are on, on bases and stuff like that. There is nowhere near in the entire planet enough military hardware that goes in the air that could put that many ships in the sky all at once. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of ships right above your head over the whole planet. Uh -huh. You're talking about a quantity that no GNP, no country or collection of countries could put that much stuff in the air. It's just too much stuff. And also you're talking about capabilities that we don't know how to do. For example, we have things that we, we are starting to understand the, the propulsion, the magnetic propulsion mechanisms by which these ships actually work. But there is no way in the world that we have ships that travel 20,000 plus miles an hour or 32,000 kilometers an hour and leave no trail. They don't leave like a, sort of like a condensation trail, but you might consider it like a meteor trail, like where, you know, like fire because of the things go so fast. You're seeing the ships go tremendously fast. They do things that our current tech doesn't know how to do. So 
uh, you know, it, you could say, well, maybe they do have a secret thing. Okay, maybe they do. How many ships do they have? Five, six, one, two, 20, 100, 100, 1,000 maybe, but they don't have as many as you can capture because you took, and, and so what I'm saying to prove it to you mm-hmm. is take your camera, go outside, shoot the stuff and see them yourself. But yeah. there's two things stopping you from seeing them. The first is most of the ships are cloaked. And you're going to only really see them in infrared. Do they cloak as clouds sometimes? Because I've seen videos. No, it's, it's wonderful when you shoot them and they're below the cloud layer. Because then you have a very good estimate of how what their altitude is and what their speeds are. Because you can see them with the cloud behind them. That's really good. And sometimes you can see them in the cloud. And the infrared can actually pick them up in the infrared signature actually as they go. What's nice is if they go and they... Yeah, they're below the cloud and they go into the cloud and they come out out of the cloud. <laughs> it's nice mm-hmm. to see that. Also, it's great when they pass um, uh, in normal human aviation, such as uh, airliners. They also love, this is sort of weird, but they love air shows. When, <laughs> when there are air shows, they are out in force. I just got back from an air show at uh, uh, um, Blue Angels Air Show at Pensacola Naval Air Station. You wouldn't believe I have. We haven't actually shown put the videos of that up yet. Oh, with, except for that one that you saw. You wouldn't. There wasn't like a UFO. There was a fleet of UFOs, like hundreds, that all descended at once. As soon as the Blue Angels started, they like whoosh. They all came down. So many. I was saying, what? It was like a like an alien invasion. But they all they love air shows. They and so when things happen when are flying. They just come in enormous numbers. There mm-hmm. was a, uh, and there's lots of stuff that you can see coming out of the ISS that they cover up. There was something called a tether in the ISS. The tether was this long string-like thing that was, they were trying to construct as a test for a different type of way to get things in, you know, into orbit. Um, and it was, and it snapped and broke and sort of, and when it did, as soon as that happened, there was like a, couple hundred maybe a thousand ufos that immediately flew in and started swarming all over it to watch it what is the iss because i i'm not sure i believe that it is the international space the international space station no i know that but i mean like is it really what they're telling people it is i i mean i i tend to think maybe this is a crazy notion but i i tend to think that they don't have access to space like they say they do no, they do. They do. And it's a very high priority because the military and the government knows that the extraterrestrials exist. Mm-hmm. So ha- having something up there is very, is very, very important. And they have, uh, and I'm sure everyone on the ISS is briefed about this stuff and told that if they, if they talk about what they see up there uh, in terms of the UFOs type stuff, uh, there'll be severe, you know, serious repercussions. So those people are sworn to secrecy. But, but what's up with it, all the like glitches that you see in like the the astronauts? I mean, they seem to be like green screening things a lot. I mean, what what's what's there, up? With there that? may be there may be something, but we there may be something mm-hmm. about some of that. There may mm-hmm. also be that they need to fill in. I'm guessing, but they may need to fill in details to make the public story more convincing. Mm-hmm. So they they may do some of that in order to cover up what's actually going on. Okay. But I I don't have direct information on that, so I don't like to talk about what I don't know. But mm-hmm. what you just suggested makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. 
but but so the but the issue is we have all this remote viewing dealing with extraterrestrial stuff as well as you know life after death stuff and everything but we have we have all this stuff yeah it can be ignored as as new age fluff as long as you say but you know there's no proof of extraterrestrials even existing as soon as you cross that divide and say no there is proof and we can show you we can give you the proof by telling you how to take the picture you take the picture and you see it on your own computer screen that means you know that you didn't use Photoshop to create something. You know you didn't use Midjourney to do this, or you know some type of AI type of graphic. You know that you took the photo, you saw it on your computer, and you see them. And the quantity of ships up there. The first thing you should be asking is, what are they doing? Why are they doing? And you know, people always say, but why don't they just fly over the White House and show themselves? Yeah. Patrick, they are over the White House in enormous numbers. We actually have Lincoln Lounsbury, our technical expert, who's a flight traffic control. He worked for years in the control tower of Washington, D.C., the most highly controlled airspace on the planet Earth. That's where he lives. He, has, he shoots these things all the time. He was the one who actually told us the specifics of how to actually do it. So, uh, you know, he... he he works in the control. He he's just now retired, but he's been he's been for decades been working in these control towers, and he's in Washington D.C. and right over the Capitol, right over the White House. There's plenty of these things, and there's nothing that the government can do about it. Now, the the government does chase down and try to follow whenever these UAPs or UFOs are visible to people, and even when they're not visible, the government has ways to see them. So it's not new to them to see them. They have specialized radar. They have specialized everything. What's new is that we now as prosumers, consumers, professional photographers, now we have equipment that can do it as well. So right. the government's had this equipment for a long time, but they don't share that. So they've been able to see. You, you cannot convince me that Courtney Brown and Farsight are the first ones to ever in the whole history of the of everything to show how to take video recordings reliably any time of the day of UFOs. You can't convince me that we did that first. The government has had these, you know, better cameras forever, but we have them now. Actually, we have a whole bunch of them now. So the 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 Panasonic Lumix GX6 is are the first cameras that can do this type of thing at 120 frames a second. Infrared, as well as ultraviolet, we haven't actually done much with that, but infrared as well as uh, um, 4K. And remember, mm -hmm. the 4K is important. You can shoot 120 frames a second at, uh, with HD, like 1080p. But you, when you do that, what you see is what you see. You can't really zoom in and post. You can't zoom in and look at it closer when you're right. editing the footage, it, it, the resolution just breaks down. You have to have 4K footage to be able to zoom in when you're editing it and see what the thing actually was. So um, anyway, so that's that. Okay, so you, so you mentioned that you are in contact with ETs. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because that is a bold claim and people will be wondering about how that's possible. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. that's, um, there's a movie that is useful for people to see to understand what I'm about to tell you. 
and that's Brother John, and it was uh, directed, and uh, the lead character was Sidney Portier. Mm. And um, that movie sort of tells you the basics of what I'm about to tell you. It was a, it was, a, it doesn't have anything to do with being black. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with race. It doesn't have anything to do with being in the South or segregation or anything. All of that, or racism, all of that was sort of a setting in the movie. But the movie was about an extraterrestrial who came to Earth and traveled around the planet and saw the same conditions of basically slavery everywhere and was gathering information and reporting it back. And so, but it's a very interesting, it's probably the best science fiction movie that was ever made and the reviews at the time it came out brother john were terrible because no one understood it but mm -hmm. now is the time for people to understand what that movie was actually all about but basically this is what's this is what's been going on there are what i call bad ets <laughs> they're on the other side they're the authoritarian ones and there's two basic groupings that are having an ally of allies of convenience right now they're normally competitors one looks, they look like us. We call them from the Orion sector. They were the ones who did all the ancient gods. Zeus was one of those. Ra, all the ancient gods flying around on their chariots, that was them. Zeus was a prison warden who was also a serial rapist. That's all he was. And he set himself up to be a god, but he was a rapist, a serial rapist who was a prison warden, and he was just taking advantage of everybody that was there. Same with all the other Roman gods and all the Greek gods. That was, that was all that type of thing. But they look like us. The other group that's here that's authoritarian is reptilians. And they, they're reptilians. <laughs> they look like that. Okay. And so, and so, um, those are the ones, and you can sort of say, well, where are they? Well, we they're actually all over in, in bases, but they, everybody stays underground. The, under Area 51, there are many levels. So we've, we've actually investigated Area 51, for example. The, a whole bunch of levels going down. They have elevator, elevators that go down. This is not in dispute. They have levels where there's... Uh, they acknowledge that Area 51 exists, and most of it is underground, and they have levels. But if you go far enough down, that's where the reptilians are. They have the very lowest tunnels down there. And it's, it, it's a huge facility, and it's very modern for everything. But nonetheless, that's... And they have facilities like that. Now, this is also really not in dispute either, um, although it's not publicized in mainstream. But Chaim Ashed the former head of the Israeli Space Directorate, Chaim Ashed, that's like their equivalent of NASA, the mm -hmm. Israeli Space Directorate. He's also a former general, former head of the Israeli Space Directorate, and now he's a professor. He has stated point blank publicly in written interviews <laughs> that have been published in the web that the extraterrestrials are here, they've been operating, they, they don't want people to know about them, and that agreements have been signed by both the Israeli government and the U.S. government and other governments uh, to allow them to operate. I mean, you can actually Google it, Chaim Ashed. <laughs> so it's not in dispute. But the, the, whole, the agreements are to keep everything secret, but this is just one guy that happened to have spoken about it. Mm -hmm. If it was just a random insignificant guy, that's one thing. But he was the head of the Israeli Space Directorate. That's the equivalent of the head of NASA. 
so you know that's that's a big thing <laughs> former general the whole thing and um so what you what you have is is that these agreements have been made where the government actually collaborates with these AZs to keep everything secret, to keep everything out of the mainstream. My group of extraterrestrials are the free will ETs. They have, I love them, but you know, I, I, even I get exasperated. They have a near fanatical, I understand it, but a near fanatical bonding with the idea of free will. Everybody has to make their own choices. You can't coerce anybody into anything. Now, the authoritarian ETs think that is crazy. The authoritarian ETs say, no, you need a vision for society. We think of a vision and then we have to force everybody to do it. Otherwise, nothing, nothing will happen. And, if, and they look at the free will ETs as saying, what is this where everybody's running around and deciding what they want to do by themselves? That's chaos. Everybody's doing their own thing. That's chaos. There's no mm -hmm. vision. They don't understand the free will way of thinking. The free will ETs, on the other hand, say, no, you can have a vision. You can do things, but you have to inspire people to do it. You have to get people to voluntarily do this. It's a harder way to do it. Being a Martin Luther King or a John F. Kennedy was hard. Being a Stalin or a Hitler, that was easy. <laughs> you mm. just, you say, if you don't do this, we're going to shoot you. You terrorize people. Authoritarians have an easy time and they say, we have a vision. They don't really have the capability of being a JFK or Martin Luther King. You have to be able to inspire people and get people to do things by your force of your personality. That's, that's what you're buying into with the free will ETs. You, you can't force people to do anything. So what, we, what they have now is because of circumstances in the galaxy, the free will ETs have flooded the solar system with resources. They're actually hoping to trigger a mass disclosure. And the authoritarian ETs basically occupied the planet. And because of the agreements that were signed, those are free will agreements. Now, in fact, the governments were actually tricked into signing those agreements. They were put in situations where they thought the whole thing, every, everything was going to be terrible unless they signed the agreements. And the, and the authoritarian ET said, you got a problem. We can fix the problem. No problem. No problem. Just mm. sign here and we'll take care of it for you. So, and they're trying to do that again to update the, re, to update the agreements. If the human leadership signs them a second time, the free will ETs are going to leave. And then we're back having the, then there'll be no checks and balances for the authoritarian ETs. And the last time they had the whole planet to themselves when there were no checks and balances was during the ancient Egyptian pyramid building days. So if you want to work with rock, that's a good, <laughs> you get your, you get your, you get your, your wishes there. So the, the basic idea is that what we have now is a basic standoff where the authoritarian ETs control the leadership, human leadership, and the free will ETs basically have won the hearts and minds of the masses. A lot of the stuff that you see coming out of Hollywood, the Star Wars movies, the Matrix movies, a whole bunch of stuff that you see, Star Trek movies, those are ideas that were seeded into the script writers when they were asleep. Now, they can't force the script writers to do these things, but the script writers rake up. And then by free will, they say, that's a great idea. I've got a great idea for an episode. And they write up and a new show comes out. Mm -hmm. 
that's so that's interesting. How the... I've, I've heard of that notion before, and I I always tend to think that like it was people working with the CIA or something, but that's another no. kind of perspective. No, in fact, the CIA has an official person who vets all Hollywood movies to not allow anything to come out that is critical of the U.S. military. So uh, the U.S. military, the U.S. government, in terms of a, a serious thing. So um, the uh, uh, there's the last guy who was there's a guy now that does it but the last guy who did it and came out about it um i clive somebody or other I, I could probably find his name but he eventually came out and told people what he was doing let me see give me a second you see me if i can um uh, it's so it's not it's not in dispute that the cia has a person in hollywood and all hollywood movies Get, as a last step before finally being accepted, they all get passed through this guy who vets them, and mm -hmm. he makes sure that, like Independence Day with uh, Will Smith, yeah, that's a typical that's a typical type of thing that the uh, that the Hollywood movies do. They wanted to, they don't mind a show like that, but they want to make sure it portrays the. Um, uh no that's not it so they want to make sure the that he that they portray the cia and mili and the military in a positive light but yeah. so what are the what are the odds that this agreement is going to go pro-human um given that the kind of authoritarian uh regime is at the top of the the government well, um, it's actually not the question of how what is it what is the odds that it's going to be pro-human. Mm -hmm. It's going to be what are the odds that it's going to be pro-authoritarian ETs or pro-free will ETs. Right. And 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 the thing is that if the agreements are not signed, then you have what it looks like you're going to have um, disclosure happening. If it doesn't happen right away, it'll happen pretty soon because it's building up by a, a lot. So. Yeah, there's there, there's been news uh, in the mainstream media about a mo possible mothership, which they very nonchalantly put on like NBC Nightly News or whatever. Um, so they're definitely building up to something. Here it is. I got it. I finally found it. Excellent. Okay, yeah, feel free so to share. His name is Chase Brandon. Okay. Chase, C-H-A-S-E, Brandon, B R A. And D O N. Anyway, he was the official. He was the official person. This is a little bit about the Roswell thing, mm. but he was the official Hollywood CIA person for like two decades. So every movie that came out for like twenty years had to pass through him. That's how they control what comes out. That's why you get movies like Independence Day coming out, and they're all rah rah pro pro military they, yeah. they they all get vetted anything that is definitively anti-military or something just won't won't pass and um so this is a story about him but it gives a little bit of background and it but it's about the roswell thing more but some of the other stuff is um is not about the roswell stuff but about about him himself there's a picture of him mm -hmm. and, and so on like that but it does clearly identify him as a CIA person. Anyway, but mm -hmm. um, 
if you go Google on Chase Brandon, you'll come up with a bunch of YouTube videos where they talk about him and his background and what he did in his job. Anyway, so that's that's part of the story of the information control. So what's happening now is that the the planetary culture is moving in the direction of two crises. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One is a possible use of tactical nuclear weapons in the Ukraine war by Russia because they're losing that war. And they're having a, a situation where they... Um, may find that they have no alternative than to use tactical nuclear weapons despite or they're going to lose and if they lose Vladimir Putin would not be able to stay in control he would be ousted so uh, you know there's that and then on China side China um, Xi Jinping president of China he's getting older and he's got in for another term but He's he. No one's been president longer than him, and this is. I think he realizes this is it. This is his last term for just because he's getting older, and his priority for getting back Taiwan or to getting Taiwan. They never actually ruled Taiwan, but for them to actually get Taiwan, it's got to happen sooner rather than later. And now is a sort of an opportune time because Russia's trying to. Uh, you know, capture Ukraine. So this is sort of a, and, and with everybody in the West sort of occupied with the Ukraine stuff, our military resources are sort of tied up over there. We're shipping mm-hmm. so much to Ukraine, we're running out of ammunition ourselves. So now sort of an opportune time for him to do it. And he's seriously considering acting sooner rather than later to have a military response to Taiwan. You know, it's actually very stupid. The free will ETs want everybody to do things by, you know, by choice. That was what was happening before President Xi decided to do this authoritarian type of thing. Taiwan was actually moving in the direction of unification anyway, because mainland China was liberalizing. They didn't have the con- they didn't have the crackdown on Hong Kong. They had a party in Taiwan that was actually winning elections or getting close to winning. They had like a lot of support and they were in support of Beijing. They were in support of mainland China. And you had the economies of Taiwan and mainland China merging and mixing and people flying back and forth. It looks like given another 10 years, China was just going to absorb Taiwan for the mutual benefit of everybody in terms of a business thing. Mm -hmm. 
And then President Xi decided, no, we got to do this right. We got to do this the right way, the authoritarian way, the place of the vision. You guys get in line. <laughs> and then they did the crackdown in Hong Kong, and that scared the devil out of the Taiwanese. And um, now you have a situation where President Xi's real only response, and the only one he really believes in, is the military response. And just yesterday, President Xi told all of his top security advisors to prepare a whole bunch of worst case scenarios. <laughs> mm. uh, so, so he's gearing up to just doing something. Now, let us say China wants to do a military resolution, military fix on the issue of Taiwan. And let's say Russia decides to say, hey, we can't you know, President Putin is going to have nothing to lose because he's going to be out of power. He's going to be thrown out of power and possibly thrown to the to the International Criminal Court. So he's going to have nothing to lose. He's going to become desperate. So what if he moves in the direction of trying to use tactical nuclear weapons to suppress Ukraine? And China simultaneously says, we got to do this now or never. Well, you're talking worldwide Armageddon. Now, I assure you, if that's what happens, if that's what develops, it's the authoritarian ETs that are doing it. They're mentally able to manipulate people and they can manipulate President Xi or Putin easily to do these crazy things. Mm -hmm. And then when these crazy things look like they're about to happen, then they go to the Western leaders and say, we understand you have a problem. Hey, it's not a problem. We can fix it for you. Uh, no problem at all. Armageddon, it sounds terrible. Tactical nukes, oh no, that's all. An no, war in Asia, that's not good. We'll fix it for you. Here, just sign here. <laughs> yeah. They want. I, think, I would think Putin, I mean, I think Putin is like, uh, he's part of the whole thing. I mean, these heads of countries or whatever tend to be all in cahoots, right? They're part of the authoritarian regime. So when you talk about them like battling each other, it's really just like a, theater isn't it well they have their own mental tendencies but none of them are actually free they are mentally manipulated by these ets and then of course you say oh this is just crazy conspiracy talk courtney you know how do we know the ets exist and i say look it's you that got the problem not me take mm -hmm. your camera out you'll see them yourself uh -huh. prove yourself that they're there and that they're trying to hide themselves. And then Hayim Mashed's statement about them having the agreements and, and, and forcefully wanting them not to show themselves and the agreements state that, then it makes sense because that's exactly what you see when you turn on your camera. It's be easy for those ET ships to become visible. Sure. They, they yeah. just have to turn off the stealth tech and you'll see them. And it's easy for them to fly slow enough so you can see them. They don't have to fly 100. They don't have to fly 20,000 miles an hour, 32,000 kilometers an hour. They can, they can do it slow. They don't want you to see them. And that makes perfect sense with respect to what Harry Meshed said. The agreements that state this stuff is kept under wraps. That's part of the agreement. Now mm -hmm. they gave they gave the authorities uh, sort of what they thought was viable excuses, which is the population isn't ready for it. They need to be conditioned to be. We don't want to shock them, <laughs> but yeah. that's just a song and dance. They don't want that to happen because then they would not. Then the truth of what they're doing on this planet would would come out. 
they don't want you to know because they have stuff to do. Now you asked a question is how to, what, what is my interaction with it? And I mentioned the yeah. brother John movie. So let me, I'm sorry. I'm a professor. I talk a lot, but let, okay. me, <laughs> but, let, but let me get to your question so I can yeah. answer your question. I have been involved with the ETs my whole life. Um, I am a normal human. I was born in a normal human body with normal human parents but I didn't come from here. And this relates to some of the stuff you've been doing in your other shows, which is the life, the, the death experience, near death experience, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't come from here originally. And because I didn't come from here originally, I wasn't processed by what we call the death traps. By, I wasn't processed by the things, this is a prison and it keeps every, there's like 8 billion people on the planet and like maybe I'm guessing 30 billion people in the wings that are not that are cycling in and out of being in physical bodies and by the way we don't use the word soul or spirit because that has all the religious baggage we use the word is be someone who is simply for the purpose of being and is be so we are all is be's and you happen to be in that particular body and this is the body that i happen to be in but this yeah. is not me this is not me i before this i before this i was somewhere else and i had a different looking body very different looking body anyway but when people die you've heard it on your podcast many times they died they had a near-death experience and they saw the light yeah you've heard that right yeah and they get drawn to the light that's part of the death traps it's like a moth being drawn to light it's actually tech it's actually et tech that's been set up it's all over the planet and when you die, your isby gets drawn to the light. And once you get drawn to the light, the closer you get, it becomes like sticky. The more you resist, the more you can't get out. And, and you're stuck in it. And then what happens is you're exposed to an extremely high voltage shock. Mm, I don't know, a billion volts or something, way more than you get with lightning. You cannot kill an isby. So you cannot die. I cannot die. It is impossible to kill an isby. But they capture them that way, and then they shock them. And you can you can capture an isby, you can you can rattle it, you can do all sorts of things with it, but you can't kill it. So what happens is that with those isbies, once they've been zapped, they lose their memory of who they were. Uh, they lose also the ability to telepathy, which is a normal means of communication for everybody else in the galaxy. And they also lose the ability of remote perception, which is why we have to train people for years to be good remote viewers. So what happens after the zapping is you get introduced to the Council of Elders. Yeah. And somebody comes over and says, the Council of Elders has decided that you have a couple more things that you need to work out in your life. Right. Just a few wrinkles in your personality. We think we're not forcing you, but we think you should go back to yeah, if you agree and, and work on those things to fine tune your personality. And the person says, oh, and these people are so good. None of those are people. This is all AI. The, the person that comes out and says to Council of Elders, everybody, it's just AI stuff. And then they... So, the, so they're not real beings, you're saying? No. Beings, they're not going to hang around here to do that stuff. It's all computerized. And then they, they have these... They have these uh, then they feed you into the whole bunch of memories. So the memories that you got zapped out of you have to be replaced. So you have all types of other memories. And then you come back in. Now, for the near-death experience, they don't put in so many of those memories except for the 
meeting with the council of elders <laughs> but for other things they feed in all types of stuff whole histories and then people get born into baby bodies and you get recycled and that's how they keep the same population think of the soviet union and china before during the mao regime before the liberalization with deng xiaoping the soviet union the people couldn't get out they had walls the berlin wall they had you couldn't get out of the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. uh, Rudolf Nureyev and, and Barishnikov, they had to escape in order to do ballet in the West. It was, it was a life and death experience to try to get out of those places. So that's how authoritarian regimes often work. And uh, prison systems have these systems to capture everybody so you can't get out. So um, I didn't go through that because you don't go through that coming into the system. You only go through that if you go out. Now, those mm -hmm. death traps are starting to break down. They're not, it's not the age, but there's been some military confrontations. So they're not as efficient as they used to be. So some memories are starting to seep back, which is why we have uh, our, our, uh, architecture like skyscrapers, things like that, that resembles the types of buildings that, they, that exist elsewhere in the galaxy. So, sort of the, so much of the collective memory is starting to come back. But nonetheless, there's still those death trap things that are still operating. Is there a way to avoid them, to get out of it? Because they need your consent, don't they? No. Once you're in the system, it's a prison. And it's being taken advantage of by civilizations all over the galaxy and in a couple civilizations outside of the galaxy. You see, it's impossible to kill an ISBI. So if you have a pervert or someone who's like nasty murderer type of thing rapist mm. and some of the you can't kill the persons so what do you do now in other societies elsewhere in the galaxy you don't lose your stuff when you die so because this whole thing of losing your memory doesn't exist so when you die you keep your house you keep your friends mm. you, you can you can get a different body you keep your money your bank account's still okay here you die and you give up everything and the vultures come in and take everything so uh, the you know the the situation here is that the uh, when when your when your isbi gets rattled you have to what was your question again i was getting deviating from your question oh i was just saying is there any way to get oh, out you, okay. of the death trap like at all because it does seem like they need your consent your your approval for no. it once you're in the prison you're in the prison and so what, that, what other societies are doing, if they have a pervert, a murderer, a robber, or somebody who doesn't pay their taxes, that's quite common, they throw them in here and they just say, good riddance. And a couple civilizations in another in other galaxies, nearby galaxies, it's very, the, the transportation is really hard across galaxies. So um, a couple of civilizations actually utilize this prison because it's so convenient. If they dump these people here, not only can they not get out easily, but the chances of them finding their way back to the original galaxy is very slim. So it's really a way to get, because it's so, so far away, it's a really good way to get rid of people. Now, in addition to murderers, but that's why we have all these problems with perverts, pedophiles, um, you know, murderers, rapists. And that's why we have a problem with that. So many of these things you see in the news, that's mm -hmm. where these people come from. They're thrown out from other places. But you also have the highest population of geniuses, creatives, artists, anywhere in the galaxy, right here. Remember Socrates? Socrates, the only thing he did, the only thing he did was ask people questions at the marketplace to get them to think. That irritated them so much, they put him to death. 
Do you remember? That's how mm -hmm. Socrates died. He <laughs> had to yeah. drink hemlock tea. So in you in these other societies where they've been around for a long time and everything that can be invented had already been invented, they're set in their ways. And when you get an artist or an inventor or a creative or a scientist, they like to shake things up. And these societies don't want to be shook up. And it's like Socrates. They just said, you bothered us long enough. And they throw them out and they put them here. So we had, in addition to having a bunch of perverts, rapists, and you know, criminals, we also have the highest population of geniuses, uh, artists. Do you ever wonder why when things get bad, you get there's an enormous burst of creativity out of the out of the artist's community, like the birth of hip-hop coming out of the inner cities. All this creativity, the artistry, it's like right off the scale on this planet. It doesn't happen other places. So what you get here is an enormous number of geniuses and inventors and creatives. So if we have disclosure and the whole truth comes out, then we can go to the genius population which is huge in this it's bigger in this in this planet than anywhere else in the galaxy and we said we got a problem these death trap things we need to be able to locate them and we need to be able to take them apart disable them if there's ever going to be a population in the galaxy that can figure out how to do that it's us but you have to have disclosure for that to happen those things are very hard to find even for the ets I mean, that's they were built that way to be hard to find by the ETs, mm. and they're very hard to take apart. But there has been some degradation in the in the in the in the in the effectiveness of them, but they still are there. So, so where is know, sorry to interject? Where, where is do you if you believe in a god or a source? Where is he or it in all of this? Why is this allowed to all, happen? All major religions on the planet, all were created by ETs who got involved, usually trying to come up with, make some type of useful thing. Uh, let's go, you know, you can go to Buddhism, Vedic stuff, um, pre-Hindu stuff, and let's go to Christianity, for example. The whole Christianity thing was, let's insert some ideas about love as being the thing that drives the universe, it's good to be nice to people, forgive and forget, that type of thing. And that type of stuff was very revolutionary, but the idea was to put it into the planet and let it percolate for a few centuries till it changed the planet from a slave society, because that's what it was before then. It was basically a, a slave and dirt poor society, and they wanted to change it the way of thinking, because they had Romans had slaves, the Greeks had slaves, was, slaves were just common everywhere. And so they wanted to change the society by changing the way people think. But what happened is over a few hundred years, the authoritarian ETs who are still here were able to pervert the original thinking into command and control type thinking. And so you had the Catholic Church evolve out of the ancient Greek and Roman gods. So the ancient Greek and Roman gods are at a hierarchy of gods that would take care of different things. You have a saint for every little thing. Everything that you had for the Romans and the Greek gods, you had something for the saints. So you had a saint for this, a saint for that. And then you had the development of, a, of an ideology where uh, forcing obedience. If you don't obey, if you don't obey, you will be you will be banished to hell for eternity. If you want to be granted eternal life, you must get on your knees and beg for forgiveness. All that type of stuff was done by the authoritarian ETs. And all types of conflicts occur. How can you be banished to hell for eternity if you don't have eternal life anyway? 
<laughs> so, so if you want to be granted eternal life, what do you mean? Even if you are bad, you're still going to be around forever, even in their version of hell. So the whole thing is all of the messages got corrupted. So the idea of slowly transforming the population didn't work. Right. They tried a whole bunch of times and it didn't work. The difference now is that the free will eat trees are trying to make something happen quickly. Remember the Arab Spring where there was a lot of revolutions happening in, in the Arab countries, North Africa and stuff like that. Yeah. Those revolutions in Egypt and Algeria and Libya. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make something like that happen because the, the authoritarian regimes don't seem to be able to adapt quick when change happens quickly. They can adapt nicely if you have a long period of time. For example, the former Soviet Union, as authoritarian as it was, it collapsed over a period of just a couple of weeks and the U.S. State Department missed it completely up to 10 days before the 10 days before the collapse of the Soviet Union. The U.S. State Department had no idea it was going to happen. Hmm. It was I mean, that's and, and there was no way to put it and it just fell apart. So the issue is that the authoritarian the, that the bet is now that the that the free will ETs are making is if they can get disclosure to happen quickly and a revolution from above to happen, the authoritarian regimes, the authoritarian entities may not be able to hold on. And they may then find yourself in a situation where you have a rebellious population on the bottom, plus a ton of free will ETs on the top. The authoritarian ETs are boxed in in the middle and they'll leave. So that's the that's what's, that's what they're trying to, to do. In terms of myself, getting back to the question that you asked, um, oh my, my memories were not affected when I came here. No. So when I was a kid, like eight, nine years old, regularly I'd have two ETs, you know, the short guys with the wraparound eyes, the so-called grace. Yeah. I had two, two on each side of my bed. And it was, I, I mean, I remember them as clear as day. And they were just, they weren't abducting me or, or causing problems. They were just checking and making sure everything was okay. But they were there so many times. Uh, there's two guys, one on the left and two on the left and two on the right. What, of my do, you, bed. what do you mean by checking to make sure everything was all right? I'm not sure exactly what they were doing, but they stood there mm. and they stayed there for a long time. Okay. <laughs> and it was many, many, many times. And I just remembered that that was part of my childhood, that they were always there, but they didn't do anything disturbing to me or anything. I was not afraid of them or anything like that, but they kept track of me in a good way they were because i was not from here but all my all my early childhood i knew i was not from here i knew i was not supposed to be i knew that i knew i was supposed to be in a ship in space that's where i was my earliest memory is i got to get back uh someone gave me a uh, i have a video on this by the way uh, that i just put up on our youtube channel farsight prime it's i'm farsight as, as well as our farsightprime.com on my by my his my biography of my uh, interaction with the ETs, and the reason I did this is because disclosure is coming soon, and it's going to come out eventually anyway. And I didn't want somebody else to define me because then I have to correct the record. I wanted to be the one who put it out and said I wanted to be the first one to talk about it. So I've kept this stuff hidden forever. And I'm talking about it now just because I want to be the first one to introduce myself on that level. But anyway, but after that, um, 
I've had regular telepathic communication with ETs my whole life. Whenever I needed something to know something, I would, I'd pulse out, they'd get the answer right back. Everything, anything that, that all the types of issues of, they, I had a normal life, a normal struggle. I had to get a PhD by myself. I had to do everything by myself, but whenever there are decisions or things to happen, I, I check it with them and so on. With regard to Farsight, they have been instrumental on a near daily basis in terms of directing us. So Farsight is clearly a group that has been directed by uh, the free will ETs. There but was the free a free will ETs don't want to make themselves known to the general public. They can't. This is not their planet. This is controlled okay. by the authoritarian ETs. Okay. They all they, what they're trying to do is is to trigger disclosure so that then they can introduce themselves to the general public. It's like we can't go and fly, we can't fly into Moscow and in front of the Kremlin walls announce that we're going to free everybody. We can't. The Russians would, they'd start a war, they'd shoot them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you just can't do, you can't fly over Beijing with your aircraft and say, okay, you Chinese, you are, you are oppressed by your government and we are going to free you. The Chinese populace would demand that the government defend them from these mm -hmm. Americans that are flying yeah. these. So the free will ETs don't have the ability to do that without something from below coming up and demanding it. Okay. But um, anyway, I've been involved in this for in the beginning of Farsight when we first had it. We when we first started for one year, we had a physical ET show up for one year and give us advice for what we had to do during a very delicate time period. What do they once, look like? The, this the, is one of those. This was one of those short gray guys with the wraparound. Oh. But at three at three in the morning, the person would show up and give us information of what to do. It's a long story about how it happened. But after one year, that stopped completely. But for one year, they gave us day by day advice. They improved our remote viewing procedures. That's why we evolved away from using the ones that were done by the military. They helped us develop other procedures. They gave us day-to-day -day advice of what to do. What They told us what the government was doing. They told us what the agency was doing that was trying to crush us at the time, which they're not doing anymore. We're actually very well protected. But um, that was going on. And they were fully aware. The government was fully aware that we were getting this guidance. And they were fascinated by it, actually. We know that because we have had. there's been some contact with the anyway that's another long story but anyway the um but there are good grays then good grays it's, it's, it's like saying there's good humans there's uh -huh. good humans and bad humans their grays are all over the place gotcha they're on, they're on both sides you can't say that gray is a good or bad just because they're gray they're just people okay. and there's good ones there's, there's ones that are, we consider the grays that are under the authoritarian leadership to be slaves because they're ultimately controlled by the reptilians, and uh, the reptilians themselves are the are slaves of another group that are AI. They're actually AI, like robot AI, type. very mm. advanced. It's way more advanced than Chat GPT, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like really, like millions of years more advanced. But that they control the, the, the our access to them is through the reptilians. The reptilians are essentially slaves of those guys. Now, there are a few good reptilians, but they're rare. Mm -hmm. And they're not with the main groups of reptilians. Reptilians are a real, they're in a real struggling situation. Anyway, they control a whole bunch of people in a hierarchical thing. If you want to sort of get a good idea of that side of it, it's the abduction phenomenon. 
because that's where people are abducted and sort of, and they interact with that. And the best source for that is former professor just retired. Um, let me see if I can, it's David M. Jacobs. I just sent you the link to it. So if you click on it, you'll get Walking Among Us and I'll explain him. So David M. Jacobs, he was a professor of, uh, at, at Temple University, just retired. Yeah. And what he basically did is he focused on um, hypnosis and um, uh, memory recall for people who are abducted. And once they became sufficiently good at bringing back their memories, they often didn't need hypnosis or anything. They could, they could just remember what happened. And it was happening nonstop in their lives. So, so the, the, the extraterrestrials, when they suppress people's memory, they do it by a form of hypnosis, which basically like a hypnotist sort of saying, you're not going to remember this. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. But once you have had those memories come back, then you become sort of immune to those suggestions. So when they say you're not going to remember this, they end up remembering that. And um, they can actually, sometimes they actually would call David M. Jacobs and said, they just landed on the roof. They're going to be, this is going to be any moment now. So they, you could become aware of the whole interaction and so on. But anyway, um, David Jacobs in Walking Among Us and some of his other books, but that's the best one, that's the most recent. He clearly talks about the mental capabilities of the extraterrestrials. And he talks about, he got a few things wrong. He didn't think that the reptilians were so high up on the, as, uh, high up on the totem pole. He thought mm -hmm. a different group that he called insectoids were sort of higher up. But the reality is that's just because the insectoids and the greys were people who more directly interacted with the abductees, the people who were being abducted. And the reptilians rarely showed themselves. So he interpreted that to mean that they must be lower ranking. The reality is they're higher ranking and they control everything hierarchically down the, down the line. So they have different groups. So reptilians, insectoids, greys, and then what they call, what we like to call Essasani, which are hybrids, or David Jacob calls them hubrids, half ET, half gray, and half human. And they look just like you and me, but they have their full mental capabilities well, not full, but almost full mental capabilities to telepathy. And they can mentally manipulate people as well. They can get people to do things and so on. So, um, I mean, our, there are defenses against that, but normal people that are not even aware that it exists, it's very easy for them to be manipulated. So that's another source where you can sort of see how the mental stuff goes on. That's mm -hmm. how ETs typically communicate. They don't use like English, <laughs> they, mm -hmm. they, but among humans, it's very unheard of. Anyway, in terms of myself, the telepathy stuff was fully there because I was, I was not zapped by the death trap machines. You would have, everybody would be able to do it if they're not zapped. My son, who I knew beforehand, he was not zapped all there. We had a plan. Uh, we had a plan that was developed and there was a large group and I don't know if I was running the group, but I was, I was in the group and I presented the plan to our group. And my son was really excited about it. He was just a close friend at the time. And uh, the, the plan was to create this Farsight thing to help do our part to the disclosure process. Now we're not doing everything. The free will ETs have been doing a ton of stuff 
but we're one, one small part of that because we had to recreate using consciousness. We had to recreate the entire history of humanity. That's why if you go to our website, you see the whole thing, all the projects organized into themes that had to be done. And uh, because you couldn't get it out of history books or science books, you had to recreate it out of original perceptions. And uh, then we, the last step of it is to prove that the extraterrestrials exist. And that's where we're in now. This is the final stage of the disclosure process. And other ETs or the free will ETs, they're doing a lot of stuff as well. But we have regular contact with them, uh, meetings, regular like physical meetings and uh, we have uh, interactions with them. So I clearly now tell everyone uh, what side we're on. And I clearly separate out what what groups they are. And it's you're either on one side or you're on the other. Uh-huh. So if I wanted to meet one of them, what what would they say? You'd have to, it's not, they'd have to want to do it. And uh, they'd, and so on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the very fact that, I don't know for a fact, but the very fact that you found me and you wanted to have the interview, it was probably a suggestion by somebody that was behind your shoulder that you mm-hmm. didn't even see that got you to to do this. So I do um, often feel that actually, like suggestions. Yeah, now the, now, the, now the free will ETs will not manipulate anybody, but they mm-hmm. can give a suggestion and the person has the, will, has the free will to reject the suggestion. Mm-hmm. The authoritarian ETs, on the other hand, use something that David M. Jacobs calls neural engagement. And that's much more heavy handed. It's not a suggestion, it's a manipulation. And that's what people like President Putin and President Xi are exposed to, just direct manipulation. That's like mind control stuff. Uh, Mm. The authoritarian ETs, they don't have any hesitation about doing whatever they want. They have a vision. And honestly, they think of free will as crazy stuff. They have a way of thinking of it. You know, in the Star Wars, one of the things about the Star Wars things, I've got a little bug flying around here now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one of the things about the Star Wars things is, is um, the Star Wars stuff has stuff in it that reflects that so people can get an idea. The Sith, they're the authoritarian types and they have a vision of society and they have a vision of what they want to achieve and they force that to happen. And they don't think of free will as anything but chaos. If you want the if you want the full empire to reign, and the full vision and the power of the empire, you have to force people to do what what needs to be done. The Jedi come from the free will side, and the Jedi they have their own weaknesses, uh, and because nobody's perfect, but they had their own weaknesses. But they don't have a vision of what should be in the society. They all the the Jedi in Star Wars ended up being mercenaries for the Republic, for the Galactic Republic, and they ended up, you know, just supporting the Galactic Republic. But the Galactic Republic didn't really understand the Force; they didn't really understand any type of vision that the uh, that the Jedi had. So the Jedi were flawed in the and the and the Star Wars stuff, and the authoritarian regime was able to conquer the Jedi. And so what you had is the devolution of the Republic and then the, the reign of uh, the, the, the Sith Lord, Palpatine, and so on. So that's some of the struggles that go on. The free will ETs literally create their societies out of inspiring people to 
want to join them and be great and do things. And it's a mess sometimes. You're always cajoling people and trying to get to different planets and societies to sort of cooperate. It's a mess. Mm -hmm. The authoritarian ETs say, what is this mess? This is crazy. You don't need to deal with all that. This is what happens. We got these people at the top and they order the people all the way down. If you look at the meeting that President Xi had recently with the uh, um, Communist Party, they had the big meeting where he was allowed to become president for the third time. It's like, it's like the people aren't even people. It's like they're dolls. All they look exactly the same, all in, they're filling the entire auditorium. They all have the same clothes on. They all move at the same time. And when President Genius applause, they all applaud at the same time. Yeah. And if you look at a, a really strange thing is, is President, uh, the president of Korea. So when you have the uh, Kim Jong-il and, and Korea, when they have a thing, it's even worse if, if you can imagine it being worse. Everybody's like a robot. Everybody's doing exactly the same thing. That's how the authoritarian regimes work. You know, they decide at the top, going all the way down, follow the rules or die <laughs> or pre-imprisoned or something like that. And the free will ETs are totally the opposite. And the authoritarian side, they're not like evil. They just don't believe that. They don't think that's a good way to organize society. Mm -hmm. So they say, no, it's chaos. That's crazy. So, so there's no force at the top, though. I mean, you mentioned religion, but like, I don't consider like God, whatever, uh, to be part of religion. Is there any like hi hierarchy involved in all this, like that, that everybody answers to? There, no, there's a hierarchy in terms of more evolved and advanced beings, you might say, that some of them are, have long left physical bodies type stuff. Okay. But you're asking about God. Is it's there just a, a label, though, for like, you know. Okay. Is there a, is there a dude at the top? Yeah, right. And, and, and we, the, the best of our ability among the extraterrestrials as well as us here to sort that out is that, yes, there is. But it's nothing that you would recognize as, as, as what you see in religions. Mm -hmm. Also, um, apparently, the best minds in the entire galaxy, universe maybe, have been trying to find that being, and it's been elusive. No one's been able to attack it down. What they basically have discovered is that the entire universe is alive. We're like, it's all, it's like the body of that being. So it is not possible to say, can you find God? Because you are God. You are actually like a cell in that being's existence. Yeah. And what they do know, and time is not a real thing in terms of that type of level, but it's easy. The only way we can make sense out of it is to put it in temporal terms. So putting it in temporal terms, there was a time, which time doesn't exist, so it's not exactly a good analogy, but it's the best we can do. There was a time when this thing that you might call not God, but all that is, mm -hmm. the being that is everything, was just by itself. And it searched for some being like itself. And to our understanding, it failed. It didn't find anything like itself. And it was in isolation and alone. It was basically going crazy. And the only resolution to that was to let itself break apart into an infinite number of pieces 
that were all self-aware. And then there was no being for it to talk to, but it could at least talk to itself through its various parts. And so that's the universe exploded and everything came about and you had the creation of galaxies and uh, different universes. You had the creation of planets and stars and you had the creation of eventually people, beings. And then they started, they were sentient. They started to talk among themselves and they started to, you know, come up with societies and everything. So all of that is God looking at every of existence and apparently this thing, all it is, has been absolutely, totally floored, shocked by what happened. Mm. Like so many things happened that it didn't know could happen, like the Holocaust and stuff like that. How did <laughs> it was so surprised? Everything was surprising. Love, hate, everything. And it was it was falling in love by its, with itself because it was so diverse and everything. So it is experiencing existence by being Patrick at a podcast. It's, it's learning what the Patrick experience is. It's learning mm -hmm. what the Courtney experience is. That's the best way of figured it out. So yes, there is something out there, but you can't separate it from everything else you see. Everything from a grain of sand to a star, it's all part of the same energy. And all of it is alive. So you can say, how can you say the rock is alive? I can't talk to the rock. Okay, so it's not the same. You can't talk to a rock. But on some level, on the level of the energy that's in it, it's alive. There's nothing that exists anywhere that is not alive. But at certain different manifestations of the energy, you get beings like us who can talk to each other. And we call ourselves alive. But it's only because of a limited understanding of everything that we would say the rock is not alive. It's, it's something. But it's made up of the same live stuff. So, yeah, that's the best we have sort of figured out about that. That's pretty intense to, to think about. Um, so I guess some some people may feel kind of hopeless with this information. And, and you know, a lot of people are, are trapped in various paradigms and whatnot. So um, can you leave us with a sort of positive message uh, of hope? Yeah, I can. I, I can. I can. If you're in um, Russia right now with the Ukraine war going on, you want to hear the positive message of President Putin saying, no, it's going to be all right. We're going to get out of this. We're going to teach those Ukrainians a lesson and so on like that. If you're in China right now, you'll hear, no, it's going to be all right. We're going to teach those Taiwanese a lesson. They're part of us. Everything's going to be okay. But when you look at it from a bigger picture, you see those societies are in trouble. There's situations and you can say, well, you don't want those people to be upset. <laughs> but sometimes things happen. World War II happened. The Holocaust happened. Sometimes you just can't walk away from things that are in front of us. And to prove that this is the way it is, Patrick, you get your camera out. <laughs> configure it the right way and take a picture of the ships they're all over in enormous numbers and you can see them right on your own screen so the reality is there's a lot of hard awakening up that needs to happen and now we're at the point where we can prove that this stuff is happening because we can show you how to take your own pictures and then when you combine that with everything else you can say well they're obviously trying to hide themselves so the stuff that Chaim Bashed said is probably correct. There's mm -hmm. agreements 
the government's trying to hide it. You can't convince me that the government doesn't know about this. So because they have cameras that are good going way back. <laughs> so, so obviously the government's been trying to hide it. A real concerted effort has been made. Oh, there's a UFO that was seen. We think we got a good picture. We're going to have a new military task force to investigate it. Or a new congressional committee will look at it. That's all bull. Mm-hmm. You, just, you don't have to have a, some sighting. You just take your camera out in, your own, in the middle of the day on your own deck and take right. your own the photos. Space they're force every, thing. They're, they're everywhere. Yeah. So, so the reality is some of it's hard awakening that has to happen. That's what we're actually hoping for to trigger. And then this is the better part. The better part is we're hoping that this is going to produce a outcome that's really positive. We do not know how this will turn out. The authoritarian ETs don't know and the free will ETs don't know. This is an experiment, but everybody is betting the kitchen sink. We've never actually done it exactly this way before, but we have a high expect. We wouldn't have put in all the ships that are in the in the solar system right now. These are resources that were taken from elsewhere in the galaxy, flooding this solar system right now. They would not be here if we didn't think it had a decent chance of succeeding. If we do not succeed and there is no disclosure and new agreements are signed, then the free will ETs will leave the solar system and you're at the mercy of the authoritarian ETs. But then the free will ETs will go somewhere else, set up shop somewhere else and try to do something different at another location, another time. They're still trying to rescue everybody. You have to understand the free will ETs are here investing it because it's their own family and friends that are on this planet. It's not like they're making a goodwill visit to people that they don't even know. We are, the people on this planet, are their own family and friends of those ETs, those free will ETs. They love us. They're trying to help, but but it has to be done correctly if it's going to work. And that's what we're trying to do. So the good news is you have half the galaxy here trying to trying to make this thing work. It's a really important thing. And there is something that everybody can do. You can help to spread the word. And if you have a little bit of money, there's actually a way you can take pictures, not the best pictures, but you can still take pictures with your own cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a way you can sort of, you know, it's not making it really infrared but it's making it sort of good enough for government work type stuff there's a way let me see if i can find one of these things you know the um i think it's under here there it is you know those 3d glasses that have one red and one blue yeah well if you take if you buy them i think you can get them on amazon for a (laughs) dollar this is something our our airport traffic control person told us if you if you take them and cut them up so you have both lenses, one red and one blue, and mm-hmm. staple them together, okay? okay? You're stapling them together. And you put this, you tape it on top of your cell phone camera. It becomes a very crude infrared filter. And what it does is, it, you see how it's dark? It, yeah. limits, it limits so much light, but it's got the red, so it does pass a lot of the uh, red frequencies 
through because it has a red filter and it has a blue so but it, it's a little bit of ultraviolet in uh, but it blocks out a lot of the visible light when it gets on top of here your camera well what happens then is the the automatic gain controls for the light in the camera get ramped up because they're trying to let in more light but the only light that really starts to get in is near the red part which is sort of near the infrared spectrum there's a little bit of ultraviolet gets in, but not much. There's not much ultraviolet in the in the atmosphere. Most of it is knocked out by the ozone layer, so it's mostly infrared that gets in. So you can actually make a crude infrared-ish type of camera just by taping, you know, taping this to the to the back of your camera, mm -hmm. and then you have to put it, lay it on the table, straight up, and just shoot. And you're only shooting at 30 frames a second. But um, you can shoot in 4K with your phone, and you can capture stuff with your phone. So even for free, you can get it. Now, it's not as good as what we do when we have good cameras, and, but it's, you can get some. You can get something. And Lincoln Lounsbury, our technical analyst, the former flight control person, he has lots of footage of uh, things caught, caught with his cell phone using one of, one of these things on top of it. Mm -hmm. So the, the point is, the thing for you to do and your audience to do is don't believe me, don't follow me. Just fix your camera up, prove it to yourself that the ETs exist by photographing themselves. We have a whole cottage industry of people on Instagram now that are following our advice. They're actually buying GH6s, getting them converted to full spectrum, putting on infrared filters on it and actually shooting. They're getting ships all over the place. Like, without any troubles whatsoever and they're starting to post them so i'd like to encourage your audience to um actually i'd like to encourage your audience to follow me on instagram which is courtney brown farsight which is where i put in a lot of this uh these things for free these short clips and also they can go to our, our regular website farsight.org to see the full list of everything that we have and then on our streaming service farsightprime.com you can see the backstory of everything where we have these full-blown projects, including videos of how to do the camera work. Um, but we have full-blown projects of the entire history of humanity from everything that you can possibly imagine uh, is in our whole history of humanity is sort of there. And um, these are the best highly trained remote viewers, hugely telepathic, very capable, and they do, a, they, all, they do their work solo, blind, and they do their work... Um, under very defendable scientific conditions. Um, th and, you know, these are, and there's always something verifiable in all of the stuff they do. So you can actually see if they're on target, if they're actually describing the right thing. Yeah, so that's why people, you should go to farsightprime.com. And if you uh, uh, become a, a subscriber at farsightprime.com, you get a window into things that is not available absolutely anywhere else. But anyway, that's that's the good news. The good news is we're in the middle of this right now. And we believe it's more possible than ever before for this whole thing to turn out well. And if you want to help participate, you don't have to follow. You don't have to believe. Um, you can do it yourself. Prove to yourself that the ETs are real, that they're trying to hide themselves, that they're there in enormous numbers. They're all over the place. Prove it to yourself, and then you'll take those videos, and you can start sharing them on Instagram or however you want to share them in social media.
Very cool. Well, I challenge anybody who has the capability to go out there and, and shoot some videos, try it out. And yeah, you maybe send them to me. I'm on a uh, light on podcast uh, on Instagram. Uh, send them to me. I'll, you know, tag Courtney or if you want to send them to Courtney, I'm sure he'd love to see him. Uh, let us know how it goes. And uh, yeah, Courtney, thank you so much for, for talking to me. It's been uh, it's been a trip, uh, a lot of information to process. So um Thanks, and I hope you know we can uh, connect again in the future. I want to thank you for inviting me on your show, Patrick. It's been fun. Absolutely.